Well, I invite you to take your Bibles. Turn with me to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. We are going through Genesis on Sunday mornings and uh, going chapter by chapter. And we're coming to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis. Someone had said that the fifth chapter of Genesis is a desert of death. As you read the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, you can almost see the caskets, the graves. You can almost hear the widows weeping. For it says over and over and over again, and so and so, and he died. Listen to verse 5. The Bible says, and he died. In verse 8, the closing remark says, and he died. Verse 11 says, and he died. Verse 14 says, and he died. Verse 17, and he died. Verse 20 says, and he died. Right there, it seems that we are in that desert of death. But yet, right in the middle of that desert, there is a beautiful lily of life. A life, a flower called of a man by the name of Enoch. We're going to talk about Enoch today. And so, with your Bibles open, we're going to look at verse 21 through verse 24 of the chapter 5 of the book of Genesis. So I invite you to stand with me, if you would, please, as we look at these verses of Scripture for a moment. Enoch was a unique individual. Not a whole lot was said about Enoch. In fact, the Bible reminds us that uh, in the Old Testament, only 51 words are mentioned about Enoch in the Old Testament. In fact, really, in the New Testament, there were 94 words mentioned about Enoch. But Enoch was a man that had a title that was upon him that I believe that every child of God would love to be able to receive. He was a man that walked with God. Amen. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 20 or verse 21. And Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now notice what it says in verse 24. What a statement could be said about a man. And it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. For God took him. In other words, Enoch was raptured. (laughs) Uh, one of two men, he and Elijah, never experienced death walking with God. I want to talk to you today 
for a few moments of how we can learn how to walk with God. Father, in Jesus' name, we come together today thanking you for your precious word, thanking you for your precious Holy Spirit and the way that he has already spoken to our hearts and encouraged us and lift us up before the throne of grace in worship. And Lord, now as we open up the precious word of God, praying, dear Lord, that your word may speak to us, encourage us, challenge and convict us. And Lord, help us to become that man and that woman of God. Help us, dear Lord, to learn how, as Enoch did, to walk with God. And so, Father, we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that has been that will take place here in this place. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. When you think about Enoch for a few moments. I had so much fun studying this passage of Scripture and thinking about the way that God worked in the life of Enoch. As I said earlier, you don't hear a whole lot in the Bible about Enoch. Uh, Very few words has been said. Enoch only had one thing that would be the claim to fame. And that was the saying that he was a man walked with God. Now, he never had the experiences as others in throughout the Bible, as he never parted the Red Sea like Moses did. He certainly never slew a giant like David. He never wrestled with an angel like Jacob. He never walked on water like the Lord Jesus Christ did. In fact, Enoch did not pen one single word in the Word of God. And yet, the Bible says he was a man that walked with God. Have you ever stopped to think about a phrase that has been placed upon men down through the ages of that Just that one little phrase summed up their life. I mean, I stop and I think about of how David was a man after God's own heart. Just that statement summed up his life, that he was a man that walked with God. I think about Abraham. Abraham was a man that said that he was a friend of God. I think about Elijah. Elijah, the Bible says that he was a man of God. But now we come to this one man by the name of Enoch. And a very simple statement. He was a man who walked with God. Think about that for a moment. There's three incredible truths that I want to share with you this morning as I think about walking with God. I don't know of a child of God that really deep down in their heart through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that does not have a desire 
to walk with God. But can you imagine to walk with a holy God 24-7? Can you imagine day and night, night and day, that you know that every step of the way, you're walking with God. I think about that song that we sing many years ago, that as I walk through that valley, that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his all. Oh, what a joy and a delight to know that you can walk with God. The first truth that I want to share with you today as I think about Enoch just for a few moments as you go back and you begin to look at verse 22 and that phrase where it says, Enoch walked with God. He enjoyed an intimate fellowship with the Holy God. Now, did you realize that anybody can walk with God? Now, not everybody does. Not everybody does. Not everybody has a desire to walk with God. In fact, there are some people that wants to walk away from God. I think about Jonah as God began to work in the life of Jonah. What did Jonah do? He tried to walk away from God, trying to keep from doing God's will. There's people that's even under the sound of my voice that possibly are in that same predicament. God is trying to work in your life and God is trying to teach you and God is trying to tell you certain things that you need to learn and to experience in your life. But instead of walking and listening to a holy God, you've tried to walk away from God. i reminded of a, a story. There was a missionary there in India and that he had led several people to the Lord. And some of those um, people had watched his life. And they began to recognize that here was a man of God. Here was a one that who had walked with the Lord. And he was a one that talked with the Lord. And they began to be amazed of the mighty presence of God that was upon the life of this missionary. One of those uh, individuals that had come to know the Lord asked this missionary, says, does God have favorites? And the missionary says, oh, he doesn't have favorites, but he has intimates. And I thought, boy, what a tremendous answer. He has have intimates. Those that who are intimate in that relationship and in that fellowship with the Holy God. My friend, I don't know how much of God that you have, but I'll tell you this. You have as much of God as you want to have. You make the choice. God has a desire to be real in every one of our lives. God has a desire of wanting to manifest himself in your life and through your life. And you make the choice whether or not he is real. 
That's why it's so important that we spend a proper time of being alone with the Lord. That's why it's so important getting along by yourself and opening up the Word of God and allowing Him to speak to you in a very intimate fashion. Some of the greatest moments of my life is when I'm all by myself. There in my study or there in my home. And there I'm opening up the Word of God. And it's amazing to me of how God would open up His Word and speak to me in a very direct manner. It's amazing to me. I might be going through a a difficulty or maybe going through a situation of having to make a decision and don't know exactly what kind of decision to make. And yet getting along with the Lord of how he gives you that still small voice and he speaks to you. And he gives you the words of wisdom. And he gives you the words of counsel. And he gives you those words of decision. Oh, to walk with the Lord. That intimate fellowship. What a blessing. What a delight. And you're cheating only yourself when you do not have that intimate relationship with him. When the Lord Jesus Christ came into your life, he did not come into your life just to rescue you from the pits of hell. My friend, he came to come into your life to become your best friend. He came into your life so that he could walk with you on a day-by-day basis. Enoch learned that valuable lesson of how to walk with God. Now, I want to remind you of something. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. It didn't say that God walked with Enoch. Now, there is a difference. Enoch was going God's way. God wasn't going Enoch's way. And there's a major difference. If I'm going to have that intimate fellowship with the Lord... I want to be in the center of his perfect will. And I want to know his delight of his will for my life. Enoch walked with God. That means that he didn't get ahead of God. That didn't mean that he was walking behind God. But step by step, the Bible says he walked with God. How exciting it is for a child of God to know that I can literally walk hand in hand with a sovereign holy God. What a joy. So he shares with us an incredible truth here in this passage of scripture of how we can enjoy that intimate, intimate Fellowship with God. But there's a second truth that I want to share with you. Not only that we can enjoy an intimate fellowship with God, but also that we can exercise an intense faith with God. The counterpart of this passage of Scripture is found over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. 
verse 5. And there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, words reads like this. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Think about this. Before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. What a testimony. What a testimony. Many times in certain types of settings of services, we will give a word and ask people to give a word of testimony. And the joy to hear somebody say, my life's desire is to please God, to please Him, and to do His will, and to do His work for my life. And that's exactly where it was in the life of Enoch. In other words, he obeyed the will of God. You have a chance and you have an opportunity to obey or to disobey. When we come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were obedient to the word of God to salvation. But from that point on, we have to make that very vital decision Day by day, day by day, am I going to live in the will of God? Am I going to do the will of God? Am I going to exercise and express the will of God? In other words, is it my heart's desire today to please God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my might? I remember hearing Dr. Adrian Rogers say one time, And I've never forgotten it. He said this. If you please God, it doesn't matter who you don't please. But if you don't please God, it doesn't matter who you do please. That's a good statement. If you please God, it doesn't matter who you don't please. But if you don't please God, it doesn't matter who you do please. And nothing pleases God any more than one exercising his faith and obedience to the word of God. That's exactly what James meant over in the book of James when he talked about faith without works is dead. Think about that for a moment. Real faith works. It's alive. It can be seen. It is something that is tangible. And this is what James is talking about, which I believe was in the life of certainly this man by the name of Enoch. Real faith shows somebody that that they really have faith. In other words, real faith says, I not only believe that people ought to hear about Jesus, they're telling people about Jesus. Real faith says, I not only believe in the Word of God, but that I read the Word of God and I study the Word of God. 
real faith says, I not only believe in tithing, but I tithe and I give my offerings unto the Lord. Real faith says, I not only believe in the church, but I go to church and I support the church and that I serve the church through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, here was a man, the Bible said, as the testimony that he was a man that pleased God. Wouldn't it be a great honor at your funeral? Your pastor or someone could stand over your body and tell your family and tell the congregation without, without any hesitation. Here is a man, here is a woman that tried to please God with their life. What a remarkable, remarkable testimony. But you see, my friend, he not only believed the will of God, but he believed the word of God. You say, now, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says in verse 21 that Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Have you ever heard the name Methuselah before? Absolutely. The Bible says that he was the oldest person to ever live. He lived 969 years. Back in those days that when someone would give, when the parents would give a name to a child, there was meaning behind that name. And I don't know if you know what the meaning of Methuselah Means, but it literally means this. It literally means when it comes to an end. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about that when he comes to an end, when he comes to that point of death, the Bible says, and it will come, talking about the judgment of God. It's when the flood came. So the names uh, back in those days were very important. Names today is not all that uh, important today as far as meaning. Heard about a robber one time and that uh, he uh, broke into this house. And there he finds this man and woman there in the bed asleep and he pulls a gun out and he looks at that woman and he says, what is your name? So, oh, my name's Elizabeth. He said, well, today's your lucky day. He said, because my mother's name is Elizabeth. And I would never shoot anybody whose name was Elizabeth. So he turned over to the husband and says, what is your name? He said, my name's Harry. But everybody calls me Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Fred, I want you to understand, names can be important. And so as we see here, we see as a very special meaning, Methuselah, Methuselah, when he is dead, 
It will come, the Bible says. When he is dead, it will be sent. And as I said, what's he talking about? It. He's talking about the great flood. The flood of judgment. Enoch knew that when Methuselah was born, that God was going to spare that world until Methuselah died. I think it's interesting. As long as Methuselah lived, there was the patience of God. There was the grace of God. I want you to see something rather interesting. Genesis chapter 5, verse 25, we're told at the age of 187, Methuselah became the father of Lamech. And then we're told in verses 28 and 29 that Lamech was 182 years old when he became the father of Noah. Now, if you add the 187 and the 182, you get 369 years. The Bible says that Methuselah was 369 years old when his grandson Noah was born. And then the Bible says that when the flood came, in Genesis chapter 11, you'll see there, that when the flood came, that it came the 600th year of Noah's life. You add up 369 to the 600 years, what do you get? You get 969 years. The very moment that Methuselah died. God shut the door of the ark and the rains began to pour and judgment began to fall upon this world. Almost a thousand years. Almost a thousand years. What does that say to me? That says to me, it speaks to me of God's patience. It speaks to me of God's grace. It speaks to me that God did not want any to perish. Second, Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some count slackness, but his long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I don't know about you, but when I think about our world and I think about our society, I think about the immorality, the violence. And how far our nation has gone, I sometimes wonder 
Why don't the Lord Jesus Christ come immediately? I sometimes wonder why don't he come and that the judgment of God would fall. I'll tell you why he has not come. He's still waiting for that one lost soul. He's still waiting for that man, that woman, possibly you, sir, possibly you, ma'am, to make that decision of trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's holding back the floodgates of judgment for you. He is displaying grace and patience for this world. Oh, my friend. Oh, Peter knew exactly what he was talking about there. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness. But his long-suffering toward us. Long-suffering. Did you hear that? He's long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that they all should come to repentance. Mm. What a vital word from the Word of God. Noah, he had an intimate fellowship with the Holy God. He walked with God. He talked with God. He was hand in hand with the will and the Word of God. He knew the Word of God. And there he realized what was taking place through his son, Methuselah. But oh, friend, there's a third truth that I share with you today. And that third truth is that we can experience an incredible future with a holy God. The Bible says there in verse 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. And then he says, For God took him. After 300 years walking with the Lord, every day, every night, every week, every month, every year, every century, here was a man that walked with the Lord 24-7, 300 years. Walking with God. Experiencing that intimate fellowship. I can almost imagine one day as they were walking. And it was probably getting kind of late in the afternoon. And Enoch says to the Lord, Lord, it's getting late. It's probably time for me now to go back home. And God says to Enoch, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you are to yours. Why don't you just come on home with me? 
What a delight. And that very moment, Enoch was taken up. The picture of a rapture, as Jesus spoke about. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And that where I am, there you may be also. And I will come again and receive you. See, what's so amazing about Enoch, not the way that he went, but where he went. (laughs) Whether death, through the grave, or whether the rapture in the sky, I've got the full assurance that when Jesus says, why don't you just come on home and be with me, I'm going to a place that he had prepared for over 2,000 years from What a delight. What a joy. When Jesus returns and will receive us. I heard about a man one time. He was uh, talking to a neighbor and they were talking to each other and they were saying, uh, getting to know one another. And he uh, told his uh, neighbor, he said, I've been married four times. He said, really? He said, yeah. He said, my first wife, she uh, lived with, uh, she and I lived together, and then the Lord decided to take her home after 15 years. Married another woman. She and I lived for 11 years, and the Lord decided to take her home. Then my third wife, we were married, and After about eight years, the Lord decided to take her home. My fourth wife, she and I have been living together for seven years. And anytime the Lord wants to take her home, he certainly can. (laughs) My friend, God is going to take us home one of these days. One of these days when the Lord wants you. The Bible tells us it's appointed unto man once to die. And then comes judgment. We're not going to live here forever. But while we're living here, why not make the best of it? Walking with a holy God, a righteous God, hand in hand, giving him our heart, our life, our whole being to Him and allowing Him to guide us and direct us and give us insight and wisdom and blessing and protection. That's exactly what God wants to do in your life. Enoch was a perfect example of that very thing here today. I want to ask you a question. Are you walking with God? Are you walking away from God? Are you trying to avoid Him? 
Or do you have that intimate relationship with him? The decision is not up to God. He's already made the decision that he wants to walk with us. The decision is yours and mine. I don't know how many years I have left on this life. But there is one desire that I have. Every day of my life, I want to walk with him. I want to live for him. And I want him to be real in my life. And for him to remind me in his still, small voice, I am his his own. And I'm his child. And he loves me, and he wants to take care of me. How about you today? Lord Jesus, thank you for such a beautiful, beautiful example of a man that pleased you, a man that lived for you, a man that exercised faith, in you. Lord, help us to be men and women like that. There's possibly someone here today that you have come and you knocked on their heart's door and said, open up that door if you would. I want to come unto you and I want to become your Lord and your Savior. I want to become your friend. I want to become your God and your Lord. And with our opportunity to exercise that self-will, that free will, to say we welcome you, Jesus into our life, into our home. And now I want to walk with you day by day. If you've made that decision today, I encourage you to make it public because that's exactly what Enoch did. Everywhere he went, people could see He was hand in hand with the Holy God. You need to do that today. You need to exercise that opportunity to be able to just express that obedience, maybe through baptism, joining the church, walking with Him today. Would you do it?